welcome back to the MLB Draft Podcast. I am your host, Eric Averill. I am joined by former Major League pitcher, certified financial planner, Travis Chick. Welcome back. I'm excited to be here, man. So am I, because I want to jump into this question that we're hearing a lot uh, from specific families, but also yeah. sports agents, is in 2020, because of COVID, Major League Baseball adjusted the way that signing bonuses are being paid out to draft picks. Right. This is absolutely uh, true for 2020. It's going to be true, we at least know, for 2021, is no matter what you sign for, the maximum amount that you will receive in the first calendar year is $100,000. Right. So one of the things we're hearing a lot is, is like, hey, Travis, these players are only getting $100,000. Why do they even need a financial advisor? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny because, you know, for a high school kid, $100,000 is a lot of money. <laughs> um, but, you know, a parent knows that, hey, you know, especially after taxes and agent fees, and then, too, through some of the different strategies that the teams are using to play the tax game, yes. um, some of these kids are ending up with, you know, twenty dollars to $30,000 that they're going to have to live on for a whole year. So... You know, the misconception is if I hire a financial guy, I'm going to have to pay him to do proper tax planning, proper investments, proper all, the, all that, right? We all know that if you have $30,000, that's got to last you for a whole year. So conceptually, may, hey, it doesn't make sense to hire a guy like us right now. Because, right? because they're reducing the term financial advisor. Most people's mind goes to investing, right? Yeah. And so- if that's where your mind is at, we absolutely agree with you that what you don't need is somebody who can handle a public investment portfolio right. if that's the value that they're providing. Right. Maybe shed some light on why why a conversation with a certified financial planner yeah. does make sense if we're sitting here saying you're not going to even have any money to invest right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it first starts, and this is where we provide probably the most value initially, is is taxes. You know, how do we plan for all the different tax situations that you're actually going to go through? I mean, the reality is, yes, there is no money to quote-unquote invest, but there's also a lot of planning that goes into, hey, how am I going to make thirty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 last 11 or 12 months? How am I going to train? How am I going to pay my agent fee? How do I? What kind of liability do I actually have as a baseball player? I'm a famous baseball player that just got drafted. What happens if I hit somebody that knows I'm going to have three or four million dollars in a year? How do I protect that? So there's a lot more that goes into what we do for our clients than just investing their money. Um, it is pure on. We're trying to educate and empower them to make good financial decisions from the day that they hire us. And and if we take a step back, and I think we miss this a lot of the times, is ask what is happening in this situation. You have a high school player or a college player, 18 right. to 21 years old, uh, now making a decision, a company, yep. usually a billion dollar company is gonna offer you an amount of money and you've gotta make a decision. Do I go to school if I'm a high school kid? Or if I'm in college, do I stay in school? Yeah. That's a financial decision for most people is, Absolutely. is what's the opportunity cost? If I if I forego my college education and sign a professional career, how much money does that require? Right. That's a financial decision. So, sure. you know, the the built-in implication there is it needs to be enough money that if baseball doesn't work out, 
it pays for the opportunity cost of having to go back to school and get a degree and then go get a job, right? right. The other built-in assumption is, is that you are smart with that money. Sure. It's that, you know, so from a timing standpoint, yeah, $100,000 may be the only thing paid out the first July yeah. or the first 30 days, but you're now also trying to make important financial decisions for the entire future without qualified financial advice. You know, I, I, I like that you said that, but, you know, so often we get reduced down to what happens after I sign, right? And what you were kind of alluding to was, well, that's actually way before I sign. Because if I'm educated going into that decision of when I sign, then I'm not forced into making an emotional decision. If I'm a high school kid and my number is a million dollars, well, what do we know what that million dollars actually means? Does Do you know how that's going to impact your life? Do you know how that's going to impact the future outcomes that you actually want it to have? Have you thought about how much that's going to be after taxes and agent fees? Um, so it's not just, hey, I want a million dollars. It's let's start putting together a financial plan that actually executes on the outcomes that you want. And that all needs to happen before you sign. For for two reasons. I, I love what you're saying because for the 15 years we've been doing this and, and literally the same answer that my parents gave when I was 17 years old and I had scouts in my house and they said, Hey, what do you want for Eric? Yeah. It's, it's, Hey, if he signs, I just want to know he's going to be okay. I don't right. want him to blow his money. The built-in assumption there is Eric is not equipped yeah. to handle this amount of money, whether it's a hundred bucks or, or $5 million yeah. because I'm 18 or 21 years old. I haven't developed really the knowledge. I absolutely don't have the skill set on how to manage money, right? And I don't have the discipline to build in good money habits. And so mom and dad listening to this or even player, if your goal is to make sure that you make good decisions with this money, can you answer whether or not you have that knowledge, skill set, and discipline? If the answer is no, that means we have a lot of work to do that has nothing to do with investing the money. Absolutely. You know, one thing, and this goes true with everybody, right? You know, I hear it from retirees all the time. Well, hey, once I get a million dollars in the bank, I'm going to retire. Or, you know, a draft pick. Well, hey, my number is a million dollars. And a million dollars is a nice round number that everybody kind of settles on. But what if you're, what if you're the best pitcher in the country that signed to go to and I'm just going to randomly pick a school, Vanderbilt. Right. And I know that I want to get a law degree. And I know that I want to be some specialty type of lawyer if baseball doesn't work out. What is the present value of that law degree from Vanderbilt or you know right. wherever, right? Um, so just throwing a, a number at the wall and hoping that it sticks is it's not a good financial plan right? because it doesn't really take into account what we talk a lot about is your human capital. Yes, you can throw a baseball really hard or hit a baseball really far or, or you're one of the best in the country at hitting a curveball or you're one of the fastest runners and whatever. Pick a pick a right. skill set, right? Um, but you also may have some some human capital inside your brain that you can unlock and make a lot of money that way. Yeah. Um, and there should be that should be valued into the conversation, I think yeah. too. Yeah. W- one thing that I, I want to get your thoughts on is Let's talk about the other uh, big uh, statements or questions that surround this conversation. So, hey, you don't need a financial advisor before the draft. So hopefully we've talked about why just on face value, that doesn't make sense. You're making the most important financial decision. There's already a recognition. You don't have the knowledge and the skills on how to do that. But then all of a sudden my agent tells me, hey, Travis, 
I don't want you to hire a financial advisor because that signals to professional baseball that you only want to sign and you're not going to go to college. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's just a terrible idea from for two reasons. You know, number one, uh, and I, and I've had multiple discussions with with. I love scouts. this. You reached out to scouts yeah, and I, asked them. I, this. I heard that, and I went straight to scouts. I went straight to scouting directors. Most of the scouts and scouting directors actually said that they want to know that somebody is actually wants to be a professional athlete. Now, that's not going to impact how much they're ultimately going to sign for. Uh, because guess what? If all the teams know that you want to be a professional athlete, what is that going to do? It's going to make that next person want to draft you. Yeah. So on its face, that's bad information. And and, and I kind of crack up about it because you're worried about hiring, having a meeting with a financial person indicating after you've hired an agent. You've hired somebody whose specific job is to negotiate, negotiate your on your behalf with yeah. a professional team. So I think they got the indication that it might be an option for you yeah, to sign a professional sure. contract. You know, and the the other side too that I think is is detrimental there is you know. And I'm going to give the agents the benefit of the doubt. The reason that they say that, and I'm hoping that this is the case, is that they've seen a lot of athletes make some really poor choices in who they select. 100%. So if they know that, hey, you're just going to pick your average Joe Blow broker, uh, Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, pick a pick a guy that's your family advisor, they know that that person probably doesn't have the dialed-in expertise in baseball um, to be able to help add value to your situation. You know, when I think through the decision tree, right? Like I want to make sure number one, the person that I hire, whether it's my agent, my financial advisor, my yard boy, it doesn't matter. Like I want to make sure that that person is an expert in their field, you know? And so in our field, we can start pulling down that decision tree of, Hey, there's 300,000 financial advisors in the United States or that say they're financial advisors. So how do I start whittling down to make sure that I'm selecting that pool of advisors to choose from? Number one is a certified financial planner designation. That's an absolute necessity. If they don't have at least that, send them down the road, right? And there's a ways that we can start going down from there, but that's at least the minimum that says, hey, this guy's an expert in his industry. Yeah, and and we <laughs> we see this all the time. Like the way to not choose somebody to ask about financial expertise is, is this person just a former big leaguer who's giving you hitting lessons? Yeah. Because if he's got time on the side to give you some hitting lessons and he's not a certified financial planner, right. he's probably just a broker yeah. um, at a company that has their own products to sell you something, right? Yep. And I think beyond the certified financial planner, are they there just to provide advice or do they actually work? Are they a registered representative somewhere right. that's trying to sell you things? And you're right. You shouldn't talk to those people because guess what they sell? Investments Best, yeah. and in and proprietary investments with conflicts of interest. And yeah. so I think your advice is super important is what we're saying is, yeah, don't go meet with just any financial advisor. Meet with a qualified, certified financial planner that yeah. you know is going to help you navigate this decision with information that's in your best interest. Well, and that that leads to the next part of the decision tree, right? So at least I know now that I've narrowed it down to experts in their field. But I'm a professional athlete now, so I need to find an expert in my field. I need to know somebody that's... I need to have an expert in their field that actually understands all of the tax complexity that I'm about to go through as a draft pick, I'm going through as a minor leaguer, or I will go through as a big leaguer. Right? I need somebody that understands how to project out what a contract valuation is going to be. I need somebody to project out and plan for, you know, do I need to make an individual or a Roth IRA contribution this year? 
or next year? Or what is that going to impact me in the future? So it's, it's not good enough to just have a CFP. It has to be a CFP that actually understands your niche and understands your, what you're going to go through. And I was just going to say, it goes back to the beginning of the conversation of having a robust definition of an expectation of a financial advisor should be that they should be able to provide advice on all your finances, not just on the public traded investment portfolio that their their company happens to see, because you don't need that person before the draft. You need the person who's saying, hey, I'm going to manage your entire net worth, something called a family office, right? right? That a lot of times most financial advisors are actually limited and we have a whole yeah. podcast about that we have a whole resource you guys are probably already familiar and if you're not uh, we've written a book called paid yep. uh, which is all about maximizing your signing bonus minimizing the amount of tax you uh, that you pay and in, in winning the money game it breaks down who's qualified what are the unique needs you have as a professional athlete and so you should definitely check that out and so you know just being sensitive to time trav if you could put a bow on this conversation maybe also talk about you know how on uh, how important uh, building rapport and trust and due diligence is and why waiting until after the contract is is already been signed really can put you at a at a disadvantage if you haven't done that pre-work yeah i mean you know this is a relationship business so there has to be a trust factor number one um, but so often we see this emotional decision and there's this this time crunch and, and COVID was a unique year, but every year is a unique year, right? Everybody yeah. wants to use COVID as this excuse to say, hey, you know, I can't get in front of somebody or I can't meet with somebody. Well, we've, we've figured out ways to cope with that, right? Um, but the reality is you don't want to make an emotional decision and, and narrow that focus. You don't want to narrow that selection process. Um, and the other part too is there are, you know, as, as we've discussed in earlier podcasts and things like this, there are time limitations on when you should actually start making really good financial <laughs> yeah. planning techniques and strategies, yeah. right? And we're coming up on one, December 31st. That's a really important date to be able to maximize and plan for your future. Um, and if you're waiting till, you know, some of the kids weren't getting home until October or November, you know, what is that interview process like? You know, when you selected your agent, was it that you sat down and you, you hired the first one that you met with? Maybe. Maybe it was a good one, but maybe not, you know? And, and I think you bring a really good point there because we we really do value sports agents, right? We've Absolutely. seen some of them do incredible work for our clients, and there are some very good ones. And most players take their time, right? No they, doubt. they get to know them. They interview multiple companies because they're trying to figure out who's the best fit. Sure. And what all we're saying is, is here's the really interesting thing. Agents their their involvement with you as the player or your son it only exists as long as your baseball career is right which if you're a hall of famer that might be 15 years yeah. right how long is your money important for the rest of your life and so i think as long as you, you have know, it <laughs> exactly and so instead of being reactive to who you're gonna turn your money over to it's yep. it's this proactiveness to say who's really my partner in helping me have a successful, not only career, but post-life. And so, you know, that's one of the things I love of our experience here is we've, we've helped guide the first overall pick, right? From tax projection, planning XYZ, to the guy in arbitration, to the multiple clients who've signed these massive long-term deals. Right. But some of my favorite stories, I mean, we have these clients that we're helping uh, go through the MLB pension right now. That means 
that they have to be 62 years old, right? To be collecting on that. We're helping them navigate it. So it's from yeah. literally a year before the draft all the way to our clients that are collecting on their pension. So we have this full picture about how to plan for the major league baseball player. And right. so, you know, we appreciate your guys' attention. Obviously you can tell how, how passionate we are mm -hmm. about helping you guys make the right decisions, having the right education. And so make sure that you head over to mlbdraftpodcast.com. There you can get all the links that we talked about in the show notes, access to the book. And until next time, stay humble, stay hungry, and always be a pro. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision.